Hello, podcast listeners. Long time no see. This episode was recorded back in February 2020, the day before I unexpectedly was admitted to the hospital due to complications related to my pregnancy. Two days later, our healthy little girl was born, and it has taken me a while to get back into podcasting. I thought I would go ahead and start by releasing this episode that has been waiting in the wings since February. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of Infinitely Prefer a Book. Today, I'm joined by a familiar voice from season one, my friend Malin. We're discussing Plain Truth by Jodi Picot. Malin, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Catherine. Thank you. Excited to be here again. I'm so excited to have you back on the podcast and get to chat with you a little bit a little bit more. Um, it's been a while. It has been. Like a whole pregnancy. You're pregnant. I know. You're about to have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's yeah. Um, it's exciting. So yeah, we haven't really chatted. We've been we have texted and such since we connected last year, but this is the first time I think we're chatting again. Yeah. So that's great. What have you been up to since we last spoke? Oh, just mom life. Not really a lot. We moved. We moved to a new house in San Antonio this summer. That's it. All my kids are in school this year for the first time. I had big plans to like find myself and do all this volunteer work. And, you know, I'm still just kind of hanging out. Yeah, I, that's, <laughs> just, I get it. <laughs> figuring stuff out, but I'm enjoying life. I've been reading. I started my own little podcast that I've been working on. Um, so that keeps me busy. And That's cool. Yeah, what's your what's all. the name of your podcast? It's called the Betterish Podcast. I do it with my uh, childhood friend Angie, and we just talk about nonsense. So that's fun. And, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, just gardening. I'm really into my plants right now, and that's exactly everything I'm up to, Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, I think that's really great. Totally, that's perfect. And yeah, I encourage people to check out your podcast because I've listened to it, and it's really great. It's really fun. Oh, you guys have a great. You rapport really cool thanks what so you mentioned you've been reading what have you been reading lately yes so i made a little list so i wouldn't forget um and i want to see if you've read any of these books i you know i love like murder mystery and crime i have a hard time getting into anything else um (laughs) so i i really liked ruth ware's turn of the key have you read that did you hear that no i read a a different ruth ware book something about lies or something yeah, I some of her books I'm like really impressed with, and some of them I'm like, eh. But this one like had me like I read it in a day because I was like, I have to know. <laughs> um, right now I'm reading J.P. Delaney's The Girl Before, and I'm like halfway through and really intrigued. And I also just read The Wives by Taryn Fisher. Have you heard of that one? It's been like popular. Mm-hmm. People have been talking about it. I don't think I have. Check it out. I'm really curious if you just need something to read. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious what you think. Cause the first few chapters made me like livid and uh-huh. I didn't know if I'd be able to handle it, but I finished it and I, I super loved it. It's a weird one. That's really cool. I'll have to check that out. Did, have you read something about Mrs. Parrish? I can't remember oh, what it's called. Oh, The Last Mrs. Parrish. Yes. Have you read that book? Yes, I did read it. I'm trying to like rack my brain really quick to remember. It was like, got this perspective of this woman. Um, you learn pretty early on that she's trying to like be a home wrecker for this other like really successful couple. I can't remember. Like I know I read it. I can't, just can't remember okay. what it's all about. That's going to drive that's me like, crazy now. No, Have it to... was it was an interesting book. That's the last I think that's the last time I read a, a real true thriller like that kind of especially um in the domestic noir kind of, you know, kind of yeah. domestic relationships. But that was an interesting one. Oh, um, I do. I pulled up the cover so I could look at it. Yeah, I did read that one. That was a doozy. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was was a (laughs) lot to take in. I had a book club who was like, we were like consistently reading those books over and over again. So I was kind of like, well, yeah, I need a different change of pace, but I'll try The Wives. I'll try that one next. Yeah. Give it a try. I'm curious to see what you think. (laughs) Yes. I've been, I've been reading, well, lately I'm reading some books about how to, how to raise a reader and how to have a reading culture in our family. So I was just, you know, kind of looking forward to brainwashing my child. So I love it. What books are you reading? Like, what do you have the specific books? Yeah. So I need this for my little ones. Yeah. I got a book in my shower called the read aloud, read aloud family by Sarah McKenzie. And, um, there were some good takeaways there. There was some definitely like, it was a little long for the point that she was trying to make. I'll, I'll say that. But, Mm -hmm. um, and the other book I'm just kind of in the middle of right now is just called how to raise a reader. And Hmm. I think it's, um, by two New York times, children's editors oh fun. Like, so it's just mostly I think those books are really valuable for the lists 
more so mm-hmm. than the, like the content the content's kind of a little bit mm-hmm. you know like once you get the the gist it's common sense but they have a lot of good reading lists which is kind of good because i've kind cool. of been out of the children's literature game for a while <laughs> yeah i'll you know what Catherine? i will send you a list of some good ones i don't uh, i don't know about baby book you know what i'll send you a list of what my kids like to read <laughs> In Plain Truth by Jody Picot, we are taken to an Amish community in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. A newborn baby's body has been found, and a young woman, Katie, is accused of murder. Ellie is a big-shot attorney with connections to the community who decides to take on the case and defend Katie as Ellie becomes immersed in the Amish way of living. At the same time Katie is being tried for murder in the legal system, her community expects her to pay the price for breaking the rules of the religion. Ellie tries to get Katie to help her build a legal argument, but Katie feels the only opinion that matters is God's and the eyes of her community. I hope you enjoy this spoilerful discussion. Yeah, so I this was a book I actually heard about from another podcast guest, Karen, from last season. Mm-hmm. And she was showing me all the books she has have been reading lately. And um, this one kind of stood out to me, so I put it at my to-read list. And then when I was making my list of books that I wanted to do for the podcast. This one, um, I thought of, and I was kind of like, Oh, well, maybe Melinda would do this with me because it's kind of murdery. And so I kind of promised you murder <laughs> mystery. And I'm like, well, actually after reading it and making her read it, I think no, I kind it was of, okay. You know what? Uh, I was, I actually, I was really fascinated by it. It wasn't my typical bloody gore psycho <laughs> book, but you know what? It was a nice change of pace. It made me think a lot. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm glad it made you think because I was like, I don't know, because I was like, this is a lot slower than I'm sure a lot of her stuff is. But anyway, so I thought it was an interesting take, and I've only read one other Jodi Pico book before, so it was interesting for me. It was kind of fascinating just to kind of get into like a different culture with the Amish folks. Have, mm-hmm. Do you have any experience with Amish people in your life? So, uh, not really, but I remember this one time I was probably 11 or 12, and my family went to Canada on a trip. And we went to like a Mennonite, like compound. I, I don't know if that's the right word, um, but they're like a, I, I'm, I Googled it and I can't even say it cause it'll like butcher it, but they're not Amish, but mm-hmm. they're similar. Yeah. Um, the Hutterites. Um, and we, they gave us a tour and all like the girls, like they were my age and they were at home sewing and all the boys were in the farm. And I bawled when we left because I wanted to live there so bad. I remember like the women like showing us how they got married in blue dresses and they all just wow. like lived together. I mean, as like a 12 year old, it was so like new and like different to me. I was like, well, this is so cool. And like that's they grow all their own food. And um, and then, yeah, that's all I really know about it. And I know that the Amish make furniture. I see stuff all mm. the time, but that's. I yeah. didn't know a lot. So <laughs> after I read this, I actually like Googled Amish and I wanted to learn a lot about it, but there's not a lot of document like documentaries <laughs> on them because like they, they don't have cameras and oh, it was driving me crazy. I spent so yeah. much time on YouTube trying to get a glimpse <laughs> of the Amish, Catherine. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. It is kind of hard to find out a lot about them and like you can find some history and stuff, but like in terms mm-hmm. of current events and things, I think they're pretty insular community and so you just can't get into it i know Mm -hmm. you know we visited lancaster county pennsylvania where this is kind of set when i was in elementary school as you said they don't have there's no they don't like to have their picture taken and videos taken so there's not a lot of that Mm -hmm. and then just like i know there are several communities in missouri that are amish and oh really um like by you yeah but really close to us actually in fact when i go to the grocery store um i often see amish families there how cool Um, i mean like it's I'm a spectator right? I'm not in their community, I think, obviously. So it's not like I know them or anything, but um, definitely. And then um, because they their community tends to marry and reproduce within the community, mm-hmm. they're kind of reproductively isolated. And so they have more, like some of these rare diseases mm-hmm. are not rare in their community. Yeah. And they actually, the last place I worked, they had like this mission service project where a bunch of Amish community from all over the country, I think, could be volunteered to this one. This is one of their sites. So they could come and they were like volunteers and they worked the front desk and the gift shop mm-hmm. and that kind of a thing at the hospital. So it was something that they, they had like somebody who drove, like they all lived in an apartment complex or something kind of all near each other. And then they like, had someone who came hmm. and picked them all up and took them to their volunteer hours and then took them back home. Interesting. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah, but just not a lot of... Not a lot of YouTube videos. Yeah. 
<laughs> so it was interesting to, to see the community. Did, was there anything about the community, you know, that kind of just really stood out to you or surprised you that you learned from the book? You know, in my head, I just know what people told me about Amish people and like what I've read and just made up in my head. I didn't realize that they used um, batteries. Like that was yeah. new to me. I had no idea. And um, just like their farm equipment and stuff. I, I thought they did in my head. They just did everything like by hand. And no, they have equipment and batteries and generators and things. Yeah, I was I, like while I was reading, it, I was like, I'm so misinformed. Like how ignorant of me. Mm-hmm. And um, and so that's when I started like looking into it and researching it and wanting to learn more. You know my upbringing and growing up in a strict religion. Like I can, mm-hmm. I, I can identify a little bit with it. Yeah. It's just fascinating. Like honestly fascinating. And the character, we'll talk about her later, but she went to go like live with the family. And I was like, ah, oh, I would love to go and just like spend a while with an Amish family. Like like I did with the Hooderites when I was mm-hmm. 12. Like I, I would be up for just immersing myself immersing myself is that the right word into that culture for a minute and just seeing I'm just fascinated by it very yeah I think it would be really a a very educational experience and it's such a different way of living like with so so much technology you know that we have today to to totally forego like most of it but it is interesting to see you think about like oh well they don't do these things but actually they they do bring in some of the things like you're saying like batteries sometimes they use cars and sometimes mm-hmm. they have all these things i mean it seems like a really peaceful way of living though to not have all those distractions and extras and like just how lovely right it does sound peaceful i don't know if i agree that the <laughs> church involvement is peaceful <laughs> uh, the yeah, oversight i think would be maybe stressful for some yeah. but definitely the way of life sounds more peaceful in a lot of ways Mm-hmm. A lot of hard work too. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. So let's get into talking about the crime that happened. It was kind of early on. It was kind of hard to understand what was happening to a certain extent. It kind of unfolded a little bit slowly. But what did you think about it? Was it hard to read about neonaticide? Okay, so I not really. Is that horrible? I kind of feel the same way. So I hope it's not horrible because otherwise I'd be horrible too. Yeah. <laughs> no, I um. I, you know, the, it was confusing because this girl is like th- saying it wasn't her baby and, and you're all of a sudden there's just like a baby there. And I, it was just, I don't know. I didn't feel super connected to the baby in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I know that like accidents happen and I know that moms can have postpartum depression and yeah. do things that they regret. And so I was just more interested in like figuring out like whose baby is this? Like, and it wasn't so much the crime that like touched my heart if that doesn't make me sound so terrible. No, I, I kind of agree. And I wasn't sure because I did read this, you know, I was pregnant when I read it and I wasn't sure if I was like <laughs> shutting that part of my brain down or if yeah. it was just like the way it was written, maybe was trying, I don't know, maybe she was trying to not like make it sound yeah. so terrible. You know, um, I have a hard time but... with kid crimes. Like I don't read a lot of books with yeah. children crime or watch a lot of shows. And so that like for something like this would be normally very triggering to me. And mm-hmm. so I, I'm sure it was the way that it was written. Like she just yeah. wrote it in a way that like took that deep emotion out of it for me anyway. Yeah. I think there was just so much mystery too about like who like because you didn't really know whose baby it was and you didn't know what was going on and if the baby was ill or someone took it like you don't you didn't know what happened so I feel like it kind of obscured mm-hmm. potentially the crime did like when you like did you kind of have any theories about what had happened to the baby when the when Katie when Katie is who's the the mom um, of the baby passed out um, we're doing spoilers, right? I can say anything about yes, the book. Okay. Anyone. People have read it. Okay. Um, so as I was reading, I kept changing my mind. I was like, Katie did it. And then I thought that the, her, what was the guy's name? Her guy, uh, her boyfriend. I thought that he did it. And then I mm-hmm. thought that the other people that worked on the farm, did, like I switched between yeah. every single character in the whole book, the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. I did too. And I was, yeah. Cause I was kind of, Katie herself wasn't a very reliable narrator, so you couldn't really trust her story, but I just, mm-hmm. the fact that she kept iterating that she didn't kill her baby. I mean, first she was saying she wasn't pregnant and she didn't have a baby. Uh, Catherine, but, and- I believed her for like the whole time. I was like, I believe her. Like, why would she lie? <laughs> like all the evidence. <laughs> did, did the whole book you believed her that she didn't have a baby? I mean, for Catherine, for like half of it. Like she kept like, they were like, no, you have signs. Like she's in the hospital. They're like, you yeah. have signs that you had a baby. And I, I'm like, she's saying she didn't like something like the crazy books yeah. I normally read. I'm like, there's a twist. <laughs> and I didn't like. You're waiting for the twist. I wasn't convinced until like. <laughs> The very end. I was like, okay, it was her baby. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, there was like, I think, 
even when she's like, well, you're in labor, like, or they said like, yeah, you're delivering the placenta or whatever. I don't remember there was, there's retained mm-hmm. products of conception, which I think is a great name for um, <laughs> what's inside a uterus, the products of conception. Yeah. Okay. I think I was like, oh man, that means she like really did have a baby. But then I was like, but I was still kind of unclear. Like, well, maybe she had a baby, but this was a different baby. I don't know. You know, I just wasn't sure. What it happened. was confusing. Yeah. 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 So that was interesting, but I, I did think it was her boyfriend, Samuel, and then mm-hmm. later I felt like maybe her dad, Aaron, would like, mm. was going to, you know, he was protecting her standing in the community or something. And then I thought maybe it was the mom because I just felt like she was desperate to not lose her children, you know? Yeah. But it was kind of, so yeah, it kept me guessing the whole time kind of what had happened. Yeah, same. I was puzzled until the very end. Thinking about neonaticide and I think for me it was like that was tragic, but I feel like there's a lot of reasons that babies that are born at home die. And so I didn't really Mm -hmm. feel like maybe malicious intent was necessarily the cause, but I did just feel like the whole time I was like thinking about unwanted pregnancies and how we just, we need more Mm -hmm. options for people and Mm -hmm. we need more viable options. Um, I agree. And it was just like that kind of, that part really just made me, her whole life could have been changed had she just been able to reach out to somebody and get true help, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so what did you think? So Ellie was the defense lawyer who was Mm -hmm. essentially, she was a cousins with a woman who had left the Amish Amish faith. Was she sisters? I guess maybe the Amish, her Amish cousin was like sister to the mom of um, Katie. Yes. Yeah, I followed that. I'm <laughs> glad you can follow that because I don't think anyone else did. I got it. I got it. <laughs> so anyway, so she has, so Ellie, you know, she's this defense lawyer who gets criminals, like terrible people off, you know, gets, gets their sentences reduced or whatever. Mm-hmm. But she and kind of had this high power career that was going on. And then she got pulled into helping um, defend Katie in this case. And what did you think about her? What did you think about Ellie? I liked her character actually. I um I thought it was bizarre though how the uh they wanted her to go live with Katie. Like is that a real thing that like is that a real term of the court? <laughs> how do I say it? Is that a thing that happens? Well, I've watched a lot of Drop Dead Diva, so I'm I really like familiar with the legal system. Yeah, so is that a thing that would happen? <laughs> I think the judge You're can so tell funny. you pretty much anything that you want that they want you to do. Um, I just thought that was so bizarre. And then she's like trying to prepare her stuff. And she was like, I need my laptop. But it's like, yeah. you can't have your laptop there, lady. Like, I was just, it the was, whole thing was weird to me. It was crazy. Yeah. So essentially they wanted Ellie to be there to kind of like, like, because Katie was on essentially house arrest at that point. Mm-hmm. And Ellie was the one who was enforcing that. But I did feel like Ellie didn't, now maybe, maybe we have our technology is just better now. But I did feel like Ellie was kind of like, wasting a lot of time mm-hmm. instead of like trying to solve the problem of yeah, like she, being able oh, to get the defense going that's what was driving me crazy i just remembered like the whole the whole book she's like asking katie like is that your baby like tell me this story and katie's like no it's not. like she lied to her the entire book it was just like just tell it like do that like two or three times not like every three pages yeah. like that was my thing it was like i felt like yeah. they just kept going around and around and around she yeah. was wasting time a lot well, of it uh, yeah and i felt like ellie was just like ellie should have just been like okay let's make a defense like without that knowledge you know like she could have i don't know i've not i'm not a lawyer but i've seen a lot on tv and so i feel like she could have done that but yeah and i just and then then the end i felt like the defense that they came up with was like oh well she's amish and amish people are good and they wouldn't do this Mm -hmm. what did you think of that defense (laughs) so it's kind of funny i i can see it from both sides really like i can see people saying that and some people agree because if you are Amish and you know like the good that they are and like they're they're good people, like I I can see some people really sympathizing and, and being like, yeah, I've never met an Amish person who was horrible. Like, of course this person wouldn't do this. But then I see the other side where like anyone's capable of anything. Like, yeah, who like she's Amish, but she could also be terrible. Like, yeah, I agree with you. It was weak. Yeah, it was. I think it was really weak. And it just feels like kind of a tr- it almost put the Amishness as a trope like oh well and and it just opened the door wide open for like well she did all these things that weren't that you know good Amish people wouldn't do so why Mm -hmm. is this any different you know 
Yeah. So it was interesting. <laughs> and then I felt like, so Ellie ended up having a relationship with the, like, her former high school boyfriend or college boyfriend mm-hmm. who was also like a psychologist or um, psychiatrist. I'm not really sure which one. <laughs> so yeah. they end up having a relationship. She ends up getting pregnant with his baby. And then she knows all this. And she calls him to the witness stand. And I was like, girl, <laughs> like, come on. Like, you need yeah. to get yourself together. Um, so I, yeah. I liked Ellie, but I was frustrated sometimes with her, just her lack of understanding, I feel like. And she was, should have just been. Do you feel like it's because she, she was distracted by her personal life? Do you feel like that was part of it? I think she was distracted by her personal life. I think she couldn't get over some of the Amish culture. Mm-hmm. I think she was supposed to be, like, as far as the book goes us the non-amish people reading it and so like Mm -hmm. we were like learning through her eyes but i just felt like she spent a lot of time getting to know them personally and not a lot of time being a lawyer solving the crime yeah 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 i agree with that so and then the other piece too that is like like you said her personal life so she's like in her late 30s she just had a recent breakup and she desperately wants a family um her her client you know katie is like was she 17 or 18? You know, she theoretically allegedly killed her baby. Do you feel like, like, how did that affect the way that Ellie defended Katie? Mm, that's interesting. I, uh, I would like to think that it wouldn't, that she could be indifferent, but that's like a serious thing. Like, how do you be indifferent with that? Uh, you know, I don't really know. What did you think? I don't really have an opinion on that right now. Yeah. Well, like, I can understand, like, you know, before we got pregnant, um, we had been wanting to be pregnant for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was times where it's like, you see somebody, you know, even just like, I mean, it's easy to judge people, but you know, you see someone like yeah. yelling at their kids or like not wanting their kids or you see actual cases of abuse mm-hmm. and you're just like, how can these people have babies and I can't have a baby yeah. or whatever, you know? So I think there is that and I can understand that, but I feel like, again, I feel like Ellie should have professional distance, you know, like, yeah. While I was trying to have a baby, we were we also worked for a children's hospital. Like so, it's like oh gosh, how I hard. mean, it's not like you know you, you have professional distance and you just like do your job. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's not like I don't, it's not it's not that it's easy, but it's not. I just feel like it should have she should have had more professional distance. Um, we learn in the story that we kind of learn bits and pieces that Katie has been visiting her brother, who has been sort of disfellowshipped from the community, and his roommate Adam ends up being part of Katie's life and the one who gets her pregnant. They have a relationship. They they bond over their paranormal experiences. Um, mm-hmm. What did you... I mean, this is just my injustice, but I guess I was like just so frustrated with Adam that he yeah. was so naive that he had unprotected sex with Katie and didn't think about it. And like then he just like left the country and just assumed that this Amish girl who he yeah. clearly knew well enough to know that she was like super conservative. I just felt like that was crazy. I didn't like his character at all. Like who does that? Like she's a little Amish girl. He's a grown like man of the world to be so irresponsible, to not use protection, to like leave. I don't feel like he was sensitive to her like beliefs and even, and maybe, you know, maybe he just didn't understand it. But I would think that if someone's living in such a way that's like so, sheltered like you would you would understand that right mm-hmm. you would be sensitive to that right like was he just like all about the sex like was that just like what it was to him it was just it was weird it was just weird that he was so irres- like he's he's grown he should know yeah and I don't know that just bothers me that bugged me too yeah. <laughs> it like bothered me more than the baby dying I was just like mm-hmm. use protection mm-hmm. <laughs> and or don't like like wait till you get back if you really feel like there's something like long lasting then then wait and so you have the time and ability to like get married and take care of it yeah anyway and that also <laughs> makes me think of katie too like i mean she's also responsible like but was she just she didn't really understand maybe all the consequences I, of her actions i felt like the whole that whole scene where they where they do have sex it was like mm-hmm. she was just totally taking it one like she didn't know anything yeah and she was totally like just trusting him like completely and not understanding any part of the act at all yeah 
sad. It makes me sad. It is really <laughs> like, sad. What a bummer. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, I mean, it wasn't presented as a rape, but it felt that way to a lot of, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Like they weren't, they weren't coming together on the same level. The, the consent wasn't equal. It was under, it wasn't understood. Yeah. What yeah. was going to happen and the consequences and yeah, Katie didn't understand it. Sad. Yeah. Really oh, fake story. It's a fake book. Okay. Because <laughs> okay. that never happens. <laughs> gosh. Oh, gosh. This world. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk more about this fake story. <laughs> so what do you think about um, the jury's decision at the end with Katie? Oh, I can't remember I guess... what happened. Didn't she just get like house arrest? Or she just uh, had – she was like on probation or something, right? Yeah. Actually, the jury never – the jury never um, – came to a conclusion because they took too long and in the meantime they they settled for a house arrest um before the jury came to a conclusion i don't know if this is the popular opinion but my first reaction was like i was okay with that like i accepted it because i felt bad for her and and i and i think too i never felt like the baby was murdered by her i never Mm -hmm. felt like she was responsible and so i empathized with her and yeah, like I was, a, and she was so young, like to be a child and to go through all of that, like really, she was a young, sheltered Amish girl. Mm-hmm. I was okay with her punishment. What about you? Yeah, I feel like they're really, the prosecutors did not make a very, like, <laughs> I feel like no one made a very good case and maybe I just don't understand the law, which is very possible, but. Um, no, you understand it really well. <laughs> You're good. I just feel like they were just like, well. She was the only one that could have been there, and that she was the only one who could have killed the baby, and she didn't remember it, so she must have done it. And it was like all of that seems very circumstantial to me. It's like if she passed out, and someone came and smothered the baby, which is we find out that's what actually happened. Like that's a possibility. Like it's not like she's on an island by herself, you know. Yeah. Like so, it's just kind of weird that they. I felt the prosecutor's case was really weak. I felt like there was tons of reasonable doubt. I felt like the defense was really weak in terms of like they could have made a much stronger case of just pointing out that all the evidence was circumstantial versus trying to make this big thing about her being Amish and how Mm -hmm. Amish people don't kill people because they're happy, you know, like or something. (laughs) They're peaceful. Yeah. So that's kind of I so I felt like there was tons of reasonable doubt. It was interesting that we never really got the jury's what's it called? Verdict. Verdict. Thank you. Yes. Did I get that right? Yeah, look you at, totally did. Look at me being all... <laughs> um, I read crime books. Hi. Yeah, hi. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree. So, and I agree with you that I don't think she... I don't think she got off too easily. I think it's given the facts of the crime. Like, mm-hmm. she wasn't violent. Um, the baby, there's a lot of evidence from the coroner to say that the baby really died of natural causes. You know, mm-hmm. that oh, like the whole milk thing. Remember that? Yeah. The listeria and milk, yeah. which is kind of funny because that's, that's the reason why like pregnant women aren't supposed to eat like deli meat or fresh cheeses that aren't pasteurized. And so it's kind of interesting that they're like, well, unless this person was around raw milk and she's like, well, she works on a dairy. It's like, okay. Which <laughs> is kind of funny, but yeah, it's kind of random. It was like just thrown in there. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. But it was kind of interesting. And they kind of talked about. I mean, and I know, like, the baby was born prematurely mm-hmm. at home without proper, you know, needle needle care. And so I think that's just, like, that's kind of, to me, I felt like the baby died more of natural causes than anyone actually killing the baby. Yeah. That's what I thought. What I want so, to believe. So at the end, we find out that Sarah, who's the mom of Katie, mm-hmm. she was the one who moved the baby because part of what... Katie couldn't remember was um, the baby was found in a different part of the barn and Katie had no memory of moving the baby there, um, had almost no memory of the baby being born, but just kind of remembered falling asleep and the baby was gone. And then she just, then she left. Mm-hmm. So we find out that Sarah was the one who had cut the cord and moved the baby. Do mm-hmm. you think, it, do you think that Sarah actually killed the baby or do you feel like are we still going uh, with natural causes? Catherine, I like thought about this for two weeks after I read this book. It like killed me. I was like, I don't want to believe that the mom could have done that because she was so sad about like losing uh, the son because he left the Amish community. And then 
to think about the repercussions of her daughter. Like, they would have to know that she was pregnant. Like, the mom wouldn't have done it to hide the baby because she left the baby there. So if she mm-hmm. was trying to hide that the baby ever existed, she would have found a way to get rid of the body, right? I would imagine. I mean, there's got to be a way to get rid of a body better than hiding it under a shirt in the barn. Yeah, so I don't I don't want to think that the mom and just like as a mother myself, like if if one of my children were in a situation like that, like I mean, I would do anything to protect them, but like I wouldn't take their baby and kill their baby. Like like there's a Yeah. And the mom's sister was the aunt, right? Like Yes. who who was out of the Amish faith, but they were still close, right? Like I mm-hmm. there's so many options. And just killing yeah. a baby and then leaving it in the barn is not the smart one, I don't think. So I don't want to believe that, but maybe she did. I, what do you think? Yeah, um, I, I, I guess I'm still going with natural causes, and I don't. Yeah. But I still don't understand why the mom didn't. I don't understand. I still don't understand her motivation of like placing it where she did, where she knew it would get found. Unless I still don't think they understood what. I just think part of maybe their social isolation was like not understanding. Just in general, the laws of the land, which is interesting. Ooh, yeah. It's almost like they had this internal system with their church of like their own laws that governed their church community. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of weren't thinking about how the actual law of the, you know, the like how it, how how it would, works. Yeah. Like how it would yeah. work. And like, hey, if you find a dead baby, and no one knows who it is, and you call the police, which happened. <laughs> you know, like it they're gonna just go away. It. Yeah, you can't yeah. just like say, "Oh, well, I guess a baby died." We're See you later, guys. This is our farm. So, <laughs> right. Move along. I mean, I don't know if if she was just expecting no one to call nine one one about it. Like, I don't understand what she was thinking. Like, clearly, they weren't thinking, and it's like I just don't understand what they thought was gonna happen. And then I was just frustrated that she then confessed to Ellie, the defense lawyer, who technically has like a, if someone confesses a crime to you, you kind of technically have to report that. So So I was just like, oh my, guys, we're just making it hard for yourselves right now. Yeah. It was tough. So it was, it was interesting. So did you have a favorite character of the book? Um, I like favorite? the aunt. Is it, what was her name? Lita? Letta? The, yeah, the aunt. I'm not sure how you say it, but yeah. She was my favorite. I liked her because I just like to, um, to be like the, the go-between, kind of between the two worlds, like the Amish community and then just like the world mm-hmm. world. I loved her for that. Like yeah. what, like a bold, brave thing to be. And then I didn't like the dad at all. Aaron, is that his name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not a fan. I just thought he, like, to the son, he was just so, and I understand, like, it's his faith and he was doing what he felt was right, but man, to be shunned. Yeah. What about you? Who were your favorite and least? I don't know, actually, because I kind of didn't really like any of the characters. <laughs> um, I think I think I, I felt sympathy for Katie. You know, she was in this position mm-hmm. um, where she was just kind of being acted upon the whole time and you know, and she found herself in this really hard position of wanting to be part of the community, but also wanting some independence. Um, I really liked her brother too. I thought her brother, Mm -hmm. other than also being naive and letting Katie be exposed to things she wasn't prepared for. Yeah. I think I, I appreciated his character as well. Mm -hmm. There was also this paranormal aspect of the book that was kind of interesting they Adam calls himself a ghost hunter. He's he's kind of got this like PhD in paranormal, which just kind of reminds me of Ghostbusters. But um, yeah, like I think I have that too. Like anyone can have that. Yeah, like okay, cool. I just <laughs> have a degree, and I can see I see dead people. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, and then, but Katie and others saw the little sister Hannah who had died um, and, and drowned in a in an accident, in a skating mm-hmm. accident, on the pond. So. What did you, what did that make you think of? Uh, okay. So right, right before I read this book, I read the Ruth Ware turn of the key, which also had some paranoia, paranormal elements. And so I was like, oh my goodness, two ghost books in a row. Like, are these, (laughs) are they going to be like the same kind of thing? And, and so I was kind of coming off of that. So I was like all about this being like, uh, I don't know. I was intrigued by it, but then it never went anywhere. I, I don't know what it meant. I didn't, I didn't understand. What did you think? 
Yeah. It made me just think more about like, cause I do sometimes, um, you believe I'm, in I'm, ghosts. Tell me. I know. <laughs> stop. Tell me right now, Catherine. Stop it. Tell I, me everything. Well, I just wonder sometimes if there are ghosts because I know people like truly have these experiences and I don't yeah. discount them altogether. Although I've never had that experience. And yeah. I'm definitely very grounded in science and evidence. Um, which Your dad's a biologist. That's right. I know this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. a funny roommate joke. Okay. <laughs> Has to do with dishes and cleanliness. Yes. All right, guys. I know about germs because my dad. No. Um, and ghosts. Okay. But, um, yeah. Wow. I, this is – I'm intrigued by this. But I do – I just kind of wonder, like – I do think there is an element that we don't like, I think there's just a lot about the universe that we don't know. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying that there could never be ghosts or that there could never be other states of matter or forms of matter. And I think there's also like the concept of time not existing. So like, could people be coexisting? I don't know. There's like all this stuff that I love your science brain Could kind of like get into it, but, and I'm not, and I haven't really like done any research on this, but I just, I thought it was interesting to think about Katie really felt that, that that was really important to her that she kept seeing Hannah on the pond. And that was how she connected to her was through this, this experience. And that's how she and Adam really got connected was because he believed her and um, she believed him and they kind of, they, they had that bond. So yeah. it was just interesting to kind of think about. It was like more of just a, a little nugget. I wanted it to ponder. go further than it did. I wanted like, I don't know. It's, I, I don't know. I was hoping for more. But it was just kind of like the ghost on the pond that a few people talked about sometimes. So I just wanted to talk about a little bit about religion and conformity, because I feel like that's to me was the central theme of, well, one of the central themes of this book was just that tension that Katie had and that other people had of they essentially, she confessed to things that she didn't do, she didn't do in order to be part of the community. And that was just like, yeah, I'd rather confess to something I didn't do than be shunned. So I thought that was really fascinating because I think outside of that, I have a really, like I have a stronger sense of justice. And like, mm-hmm. while I wouldn't want to be shunned, I also wouldn't want to be falsely accused of something yeah. and like admit to it. And in her mind, that same kind of justice would be, or, or non-justice would be meted out by the justice system, like the it's legal the system. way, yeah. Right? Like, oh, well, I'll just, I'll just say I did it. And they're going to forgive me, you know, and it was kind of hard mm-hmm. for her to understand that. And I just wanted to, to see what your kind of thoughts were about some of the religious and conformity and the community aspect of the. I have so many thoughts, Catherine. I don't know what's <laughs> appropriate to say here. <laughs> um, I come from a strong, Are we, do you want to talk about this? Do we talk about this? Yeah, we can talk about this. So I used to be Mormon. I grew up Mormon and I left the Mormon church like three or four years ago. So my views on religion are very strong. And I feel like, so reading, so I could relate a lot to, um, not that the Amish and Mormons believe the same thing at all, but I can relate to the strong structured religion. And, uh, it was like, honestly, sometimes painful to read because it just like flashes me back to like, I wouldn't confess to something like in Mormonism that I didn't do and be like forgiven. Like that wouldn't happen. But it was like that need to, to be forgiven and to be a part of the community and to be accepted by everybody and to just kind of go with the flow and do what you're told and Mm -hmm. supposed to do. And, and everyone else kind of, uh, trying to tell you what to do and, and lead you the way that they want your life to go. I, I have a big problem with it, a big problem, uh, with organized religion. So there were parts of the book where I was just like, Oh my gosh. Like I was like post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Do you have anything to say about it? I, I, I do think that there was, you know, there there are parallels to your experience for sure. And my experience to a certain extent, like just feeling like not being, not conforming to everything. And, Mm -hmm. and therefore like that, puts you outside of the community into a lot of ways in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And I think that like the, the feeling that Katie described of just doing absolutely anything to be part of the community and, and, you know, <laughs> yeah, doing like, she's willing to marry someone she doesn't love to be part of the community, you know, all this stuff that she's willing to do to be part of the community. 
like I understand that because I think they're like when you're a part of a strong community that has really strict guide like kind of guideposts or like boundaries expectations yeah, yeah then I think that kind of does that desire to want to be part of the community is very strong and I think ultimately it's really hard when you like for me it's like when you think differently or you feel like your opinions won't be won't be valued or that you'll be ostracized it's like a really hard mental health space to live in mm-hmm. of trying For to sure. feel like you're part of the community but be honest with yourself and with others and so I think that was really interesting I I think overall I don't think this is a good <laughs> I guess I have opinions and <laughs> I don't think that their community way of living is really that healthy I think it's a way mm-hmm. to it's a way to survive but like just mm-hmm. survive and it's you know, you can see like people like Jacob and Lita, they were cast out, you know, for, for not conforming. And, Mm -hmm. um, I just think that ultimately doesn't like, it didn't strengthen the family that they came from. Like it hurt them and it caused a lot of pain and I don't think it's worth it. Yeah. Well, and it like super broke my heart reading the parts. What's, what's the brother's name? Jacob. Is that the brother? Yeah. Jacob. Um, it broke my heart, like, when he showed back up at the house and the dad just wouldn't talk to him. It's just, like, he was shunned. Yeah. And, like, I mean, I haven't um, experienced shunning, like, on that level, but to an extent, yeah. Like, when mm-hmm. we left our church, like, it, there was a level of discomfort and shunning and um, hurt feelings. And so while mine wasn't on that level, I just, I felt so horrible. Like, what a yeah. sad thing. Like, and, and wouldn't you rather have like a little bit of difference and try to figure out a way to be a family rather than like, just like you're done. Like we're done with you. Like, bye. Mm-hmm. Like I could, I could, just can't imagine ever doing that to my children. So that like hurt. I, I didn't yeah. like the dad at all for that. It, it like really bothered me. It was hard to read. Yeah, I agree. And I just also thought one point that was interesting, you know, about this is this community idea is like, they didn't care about the truth of what happened they just cared about that the community stay intact and that the rules be followed. You know, like, yeah, it was just really, you know, as long as you confessed, then it didn't matter what the truth really was because you've, like, submitted to authority, um, which I thought was just really kind of unhealthy. In, yeah, unhealthy. It's <laughs> a good way to say it. Yes. Because um, yeah. I and I also feel like I it was unclear to me if Katie, you know, if she like she the a big motivator for her, the defense line she took and everything she did was to be able to stay in the community. And, you know, they made a big deal about how has she had been baptized and it was this big deal. And I, I just wondered, you know, how much was she wanting to just be part of the community and, and have that comfort? Like I understand being part, being on the inside is more comfortable sometimes than, you know, really like this true conviction of faith or something, you know, where she's, yeah. I just, anyway, I thought about that, but it's a tough um, spot to be in like wanting the community and then, but like having your beliefs that maybe aren't fully in line with what your community believes. Mm-hmm. That's not, that's not a fun place to be been there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So have you read any other books by Jodi Picoult? Uh, so I looked her up actually when you sent me this one to read and I think I read one other one. Let me try to find it really quick. Um, what about, or you said this was your first one, right? This is my second one. So she's apparently known for like moral ethical fiction, um, Mm -hmm. which you would think is like right up my alley. But every time I see like the covers of her books, I never want to read them. (laughs) That's kind of funny. (laughs) But I have read one book was recommended to me a couple years ago. It was Small Great Things and it Mm -hmm. deals with white supremacy. Yikes. And it was like a like an awful and wonderful read at the same time because it was like so terrible to read about but it was just like such a great perspective and such a great like just made me think so much so I really really enjoyed I'm glad that I read it (laughs) I was stressed out the entire time but I'm really glad that I read it (laughs) yeah that's how I felt about this one I um so I just looked up her books I don't know I like I thought I maybe read one but um I've actually a few people have recommended let me find I think it's my sister's keeper have you heard heard of that that one? one yeah um, so that one's been highly recommended to me. So maybe I'll check it out. But now that I know that she's the author, I just need to like be in the right headspace for a really yeah. intense emotional, <laughs> I, like I'm stressed out right now just thinking about it, but like in a good way, like it's, it's heavy, yeah. but like, I mean, I learned a lot and this book left me feeling so intrigued by the Amish community and like wanting to learn more and mm-hmm. made me think about like these things. Um, and like having this conversation with you, like this book was sparked stuff. So yeah, for sure. No, yeah. I think. That's kind of what I like about um, her writing is it does make one think a lot. And I think that's, and I, I enjoy that when a book does that. 
but you have to be ready for some like heavy, heavy emotional lifting, I think. Okay, Catherine, honestly, like if you want to read a ghost book one day, can I read a ghost book with you? I <laughs> sure. like I I saw on Instagram a while ago, like I don't know what happened. Maybe I was reading that other ghost I was reading Ruth Ware's that that book. And I asked my Instagram friends if they believed in ghosts or not, and like ninety percent of them did, and I'm undecided. I was like, I don't know how I feel about it, but everyone's sharing their stories and I it's driving me crazy. I, I just don't know. I just don't know. So if you find a good ghost book, I would love to read one with you. Um, All right. Hmm, I'll but think about that. <laughs> yeah, that's – yeah, if you want to read a ghost book. Um, well, I think I find one. <laughs> ghost book, yeah. I'm going to look to and send you some suggestions. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's, I mean, an interesting read. Yep, yeah. That's, that's how I feel. <laughs> That's good. I will say Lancaster PA when we went there was really, it was fun. You know, they had a lot of like really good, like they talked about the food a lot in this book. You know how she like gained all like the defense lawyer gained all this weight. It like made me hungry. Yeah. I remember we just like, there was this one place, like everywhere you go would just like be buffet, like a smorgasbord. I can't remember they had a name for it, I think, but Mm -hmm. yeah, just like heavy, heavy food and like tons of really, really sweet things and really good food, but just like you couldn't that would be difficult to live on all the time if you're not farming (laughs) uh this just sparked a memory of this book do you remember when they were shunned and they had to eat at a different table that was like the worst thing (laughs) how horrible how horrible yeah Yeah, it's like kind of crazy yeah yeah I just remembered that that's all but I would love to try some Amish food I've never had Amish food before like yeah cooking yeah um I think that like shoe fly pie is what comes to mind when I think. What of, even? What is that? It's like really like this hev- It's like a heavy like treacly mapley, like mostly just like sugar in a pie crust kind of. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I think they might. Okay. I don't know if there's raisins in there or something. That I don't know if that's the raisins. Thing. I don't know if there's raisins or not, but it's oh. just like pretty much like a sweet thing. I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember. I was pretty little when we went. Interesting. Okay. But, well, um, if I ever find myself. In Pennsylvania. I'll find some, what was it called? Something pie? Shoe fly. I'll find me some shoe fly pie. <laughs> I could totally be misremembering everything, honestly. It was elementary school. <laughs> like, I don't know. Oh, you're um, funny. But yeah, it, it, was, it was a nice time. So this is the part of the episode where we like to share recommendations about what we're loving. Um, it can be an item, a podcast, a TV show, movies, books, or even just an idea or habit that you're really digging. So I'll start first and I am just digging digital decluttering. So I have been, um, I, I kind of cleaned up my Instagram feed a little bit. I, um, embarrassed to tell you, but I found out how to mute stories and posts from people. <laughs> I love who you are. I'm glad that I just found that out like in 2020. Good job. And, um, it's refreshing, right? Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, like sometimes I like people's posts, but not their stories. Mm-hmm. And then I also just like unfollowed a bunch of people that were, I was just like sort of interested in them and not like really interested in them. So I was like, you know what? This isn't bringing me value. So I unfollowed a bunch of people that felt really good. And then yeah. I turned on my phone. I found my phone has this focus mode on it where mm-hmm. basically I put Instagram into the, into like a box where I can only view it from midnight to 6am every day or oh, on cool. weekends. So it's like if I'm in the, like if I wake up in the middle of the night, because I was waking up a lot in the middle of the night um, yeah. earlier in my pregnancy. And I was like, well, I want to be able to like not just stare at the walls at the middle of the night. But I don't <laughs> like when it, like, during work time and evening time, I, I like wanted to re- preserve that time for other things. And then I was like, I'll check up on people on the weekends. So I did that. And that was, that has been like really great because I just kept finding, found, I kept finding myself scrolling with no purpose on Instagram and like reading the same Mm -hmm. things over and over again. And, and then like, again, some of the stories are just like, some people do stories well and some people don't do stories well. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it was like, I just needed that break. And then my husband also found, because we have like this ingrained, like built in news feed that like you just scroll left and it would swipe left and it would always be there. Hmm. And I was like, I couldn't turn it off. I couldn't turn it off. And like, I was like, I know this is wasting my time. Every time I turn my phone on, I just swipe left automatically. And so he figured out how to take that off. And so I took that off. And so it was like just a really, like, again, 
we were, and it's kind of funny. We we're both joking about like how often we were just swiping left automatically. Nothing happened. Um, cause it's just, you know, these little habits. So I'm trying to just kind of declutter my life from, I from digital things. Yeah. I really love that. What about you? What are you loving lately? Just all the things I'm loving. <laughs> um, so oh, I said earlier, I love my plants. I'm really into gardening, like trying to, I'm not like good at it or anything, but I spend a lot of time at the plant store. Um, plants are really cheap. Did you know that? Like a dollar and you can just like grow a garden. Um, so I like to do that. I've been binging, um, doll face on Hulu is just a good make you giggle show. Um, probably inappropriate too. Like you're not an inappropriate show. Um, Um, so it's, it's silly. It's weird. It's bizarre. I don't really even know how to describe it. You have to watch an episode and then see, but basically this girl breaks up with her boyfriend and it's her. Um, try to get back in with her like girlfriends who she ditched when she met this boy, you know, and they live in Los Angeles and it's just over the top and wild. And I just, I like, I think it's so funny. It's so weird, but so fun. <laughs> and yeah, what else? I like your um, decluttering digital thing. I, that's a great idea. I, uh, I spend too much time wasting, waste, wasting my time <laughs> online. I, I really admire that about you. Oh, I was going to tell you that while you were talking, um, because you're about to have a baby, and my baby's never slept. Yours probably will, I'm sure. But mine never <laughs> did, and when I was up in the middle of the night, do you know what I used to binge watch while I nursed no. and rocked? Survivor. Have you ever oh. watched Survivor? I've seen a few episodes of Survivor. I don't see you being, like, the huge reality fanatic. <laughs> that. <laughs> but, Catherine, if you are up in the middle of the night with that baby and it cannot sleep, you pick an episode <laughs> of Survivor, a season, and just binge it. You, that's awesome. It'll help your nights pass. That's <laughs> that's my tip for you. That, that is good. I am trying to think. I did get, um like, I went and put, like, 10 books on hold to library for my maternity leave, like, just to read. <laughs> but I think... You're so fun. Um TV probably is also another good strategy as well to be like, all right, we're just going to sit here from yeah. Netflix or Hulu or something and, and binge. <laughs> you just do what you got to do. I'm excited for you. Yeah, we're excited too. It's great. Well, thank you, Malin, for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Let's read a ghost book and do it again if you want. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening to Infinitely Prefer a Book. As I mentioned at the top of this episode, after an extended maternity leave, I am looking to begin podcasting on a more regular basis. The format of the show may change a bit as I have to plan around my day job in addition to baby sleep schedules. In the meantime, you can reach out to me at infinitelypreferabook at gmail.com or on Instagram at infinitelypreferabook. Happy reading.